Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Seasmoking Microphones podcast where we talk about things that we want to talk about but we're talking about it to you. Da, da, My name's da, Connor. Da, da. I'm Harry. Hello. Hello there. Wow. Hi. And, and today we're, we're, we're not talking about any of the news of the week because we haven't seen any of it because as you heard last week we've already recorded this before it was released because that's how recording things works. <laughs> we recorded this a week early because we have lives guys and we have plans. We're just a bit busy next weekend, like um, the weekend and before this comes out. Exactly, we did, but we didn't. Want we, to just, you, we didn't want to let we you just down. Bo- we both just saw Suicide Squad, the Suicide we, Squad, sorry, but not together. Yeah, we literally would have. Um, really happy with that. I've seen it now. Yeah, me, me too. I'm so happy that the film was amazing. Good slash bad. <laughs> Wait, was... no. Okay, no. I've thought of okay. I could technically edit this episode before it comes out. I was just about to say I'm going to say, say what I'm we think say, of the film. Yeah. I think the film was blank. No, I was just and I think the film was. <laughs> and then we insert some stuff there. <laughs> we could, we could, or we could just say you have to wait until uh, the next episode to find out our thoughts on that. No, I'm going to send you a little ten-second voice note to add into the episode. I'm not. Week. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> It'll be funny though. No, it won't be, oh. because that spoils what we think of the film. Even though you can probably find out by following us on our respective things. No, but then my voice note will just be, "You have to wait for next week." Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's one of my favourite gags in The Simpsons where they um they do a uh, they're talking about the Super Bowl. Yeah. And they're like, um, oh, I can't wait to see my favourite team play. The And then they put like a mug over their mouth and say, and then you just hear an audio recording of someone say, Atlanta Falcons, like in that inflection. Yeah. And like, it's Mo, I think. And he's like, oh yeah, all my life I've just wanted to see, I've always wanted to see my favourite team, the Atlanta Falcons. Because <laughs> like, at heard- the time, because at the time they initially made the episode, I don't think they knew who was going to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, it might just be a joke or it might have genuinely have gone back and edited it and there's also an election that year and one of the other characters is like oh yeah I heard that President Clinton is going to be there with his wife Hillary <laughs> and it's then they all just look at each other after the scene but like they're just raising mugs in front of their face like their, their beer glasses in front of their faces as they're staying it so it doesn't you know so their mouths aren't moving that way have you heard I, um, I should have mentioned this on last week's episode but have you heard they've just announced they're doing a musical episode yeah, I saw the first episodes. Uh, they're going to be a musical, and they're going to do a revamp Treehouse of Horror for the next season. Yeah. Oh, decent, decent. Speaking, of, actually, no, there's something I want. I found this on Twitter. I'm going to quickly look it up to because I can't remember the name of it. Um, but there's somebody who's done a uh, a comic for The Simpsons. Oh. Like not not official. Um, it's like just an online comic, like a you know whatever it's called, web comic. That's the yeah. word. Um. And it's about, like, let me see if I can find. It's about um. Oh, I can't fucking. I don't know what their fucking Twitter handle is. Shit. Oh, no. Give me a second. Um, but basically, it's a comic. Yeah, it is. Um, it's a comic about like the kids grown up. Yeah. Like in high school. Like so, I think the first the first issue of the comic that's out. Like, there's only like seven pages right now yeah but the first one is like it's Lisa's 16th birthday okay so we can assume Bart's 18 here 
Um, but it's 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 got like an interesting art style, and I think the characters look like I look good as they are, and I feel like the characterization is accurate as well. Um, but it's like, like I said, it's only set, it's called Those Springfield Kids. Oh, okay. Um, and I genuinely think if I really would like to have, I've read like the I've read the first seven chapters, and I genuinely like to see more of the comic. And I also I've said this on numerous times, The Simpsons absolutely should age them up. Oh yeah, like, for sure. I I absolutely think like they could either start aging them up or just go jump ahead and actually make a series of them grown up. Yeah. And that would be a good way to not only introduce new stories, but keep the series going. Oh yeah, for sure. It changes it up a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, because like there's there's only so much you can do with them as kids, like with them as a ten and eight year old, and obviously the rest of the characters being who they are. So I would absolutely want to see them grown up. Yeah. Um, but this isn't. We're not talking about the Simpsons. This <laughs> we are for a bit for some reason, but we're not meant to be talking about the Simpsons. No. Uh, we're going to talk about phase one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Marvel Cinematic Universe phase one. Yep. So we start way back in 1852. No. Um, we start in 2008 with Iron Man. The dawn of time. No. We start in 2008 with Iron Man. Okay. Okay. Banana. Yes, that's exactly how uh, ACDC's Back in Black goes. Um, so Iron Man, directed by John Favreau, written by Mark Fergus, Hawk Ostby, Art Markham, Matt Holloway, based on Iron Man by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, Don Heck, and Jack Kirby, was released on... Apparently it was released in Sydney on April 14th, 2008, and then in the United States on May 2nd, 2008. So, huh. yeah. That's quite a big jump. Yep. The film made $585.8 million on a $140 million budget. And if it had not been successful, it would have been the end of Marvel. (laughs) Yeah, Jesus. It's weird when you think of it like that, actually. Yep. They put everything into that film and it paid off. It holds up, even now. Oh, yeah. No, it's a fantastic film. I think my favourite part of the film, though, is definitely when he's actually tinkering and he's making the suit and he's testing it out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It slows down, like, after that. (laughs) Something I was thinking about yesterday is this and Iron Man 2 I like because because the character of Tony Stark is having fun. Not Robert Downey Jr., but the actual character himself. Like, he's very tongue-in-cheek. Even in The Avengers, you know, he's very bravado and all this. He's not not had his biggest lesson yet. Yeah, and as soon as he hits Iron Man 3... He's just all yeah, serious Avengers, and depressed. Avengers changes him, like yeah. And I like, I know, I like, but obviously we, I like that. No, I do like it as well. But I, I forgot how refreshing it is to see him just kind of having fun and playing around. Yeah. Although he's character. technically kind of a kind of an kind of a bad bloke, really. <laughs> oh, he's an arsehole. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, mean, I think that's the that's what makes him more interesting, though. Yeah, they. I mean, and as well, superb casting choice back in back then, because obviously no one thought Robert Downey Jr. was even going to be good in this film, let alone help carry the first ten years of the MCU, yeah, the universe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's let's quickly go through the cast. So we've got Robert Downey Jr. obviously as Tony Stark, Iron Man. We've got Terrence Howard as James Rhodey Rhodes. 
and he's been uh, great in every other film that he's as as Rhodes since. Oh yeah, um, Jeff Bridges as Obadiah Stane, uh, Sean Tube as Ho Yinsen, Gwyneth Paltrow as Virginia Pepper Potts, and then a bunch of other people like John Favreau obviously plays Happy Hogan, who has a very quite quite a small role in this film. Yeah, very small to be fair. He's barely in it. Got uh, we've got Paul Bettany just sitting in a recording booth playing Jarvis. Yep. Um, and a bunch of other people. We get the first appearance of Phil Coulson, played by Clark Gregg, and we get Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury in the end credit scene. I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative. And we also have Peter Billingsley, who's one of the producers on the film, playing William Ginter Reaver, a scientist who works for Stain, and he also shows up again in Spider-Man Far From Home. <laughs> I was just about to ask about him. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, Great. Tony Stark built this in the cave with both scraps. scraps. Actually, the line is Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave. Oh, shit, yeah, it is. Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave! With a box of scraps! <laughs> what a line. Right. What a line. Used to be one of our favourites, didn't it? Yeah, we used to do it all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, so Iron Man. Great, great, great film, isn't it? No, it is. It, is. it definitely stands out. And uh, it was such a good... Um, it was such a good way to kick off the universe as well yeah it was it was such a good way to kick off this universe it was such a great way to introduce us to a character that not many people knew anything about I didn't know who Iron Man was going into this no no idea I mean I, 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 knew, the, I knew there was a comic about him and I knew Marvel yeah. comics but whenever I thought about Marvel before 2008 it was it was Wolverine or Spider-Man it was never Captain America or, or Iron Man or Thor like oh yeah all these other characters were just we knew we knew about them. We just didn't know a lot. Like I think by at this point, I probably had played the first Marvel Ultimate Alliance game if it had come out at this time. Yeah, I don't possibly. remember for sure. Um, so I knew a lot of like random. Like I knew obviously we knew Ghost Rider because the Ghost Rider film came out in like two thousand five, two thousand six. Fantastic Four. But then the characters like yeah, Iron Man was he was in that game, so I knew him, but I didn't know a lot about the character. Yeah, for sure. I'd never, I'd never gone out and picked up an Iron Man comic and gone right. I'm going to read this. No, it was always, all. it was always Spider Man who might, or the Avengers comics, also where Spider Man teams but up with. At at that point, I'd never even read comics. Fair. Like I was only. Well, I used to read the like, ones you got in the twelve cor- when this came out. I used to read the ones you got in the corner shop. Yeah, I I, I used to read Simpsons comics at that age. <laughs> Yeah, I used to read the Bar- <laughs> Yeah, I used to read the Batman comics actually. I like the Batman ones, but I preferred like the regular, just normal Simpsons comics. Yeah. I yeah, that's fair. they were always like little stories that were quite fun. One of my favourite actual jokes uh, is in that. <laughs> Funny how we're talking about the Simpsons on this podcast. This is <laughs> so, gonna be a Simpsons episode. <laughs> there's a joke in one of the Simpsons comics where um, it's like it's it's set during like when C- Caesar was around, and it's like Mr. Burns is Caesar. Yeah. And um. And like uh, Mr. Burns is like turning to his uh, one of his like assistants or whatever you call them aides and being like, "What's the weather gonna be like this week?" And uh, it's Mole Man as his guy, and he's like, "Hail Caesar!" And he's like, "Yes, yes, hail Caesar!" <laughs> but what's the weather? And he's like. Hail Caesar! <laughs> it's like oh sake. whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, and he's like, just tell me, just he's like, just tell me the weather. It's like hail. And he's like, oh. all right, well, we'll move on to something else. What was that that dish I had for dinner last night? That 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 weird salad. 
Caesar. He's <laughs> like, oh, for God's sake, have him killed. <laughs> and it's one of my favourite jokes. To the point where when I think about it, I always think it's a Simpsons episode joke, but it's not. It's from the comic. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's, it's so dumb, but I love it. <laughs> but yeah, um, this film's like so grounded compared to the rest of it now, isn't it? Yeah, even even compared to Iron Man 2, I think this is... this is. I think Iron Man 2 maintains a lot, because Iron Man 2 does a lot of the same of what this film does. It's a lot of the same beats. It's a lot... Well, should we talk about them hand in hand, then? We can do. I, I would like to try and focus on, like, one, because I want to yeah, rate no, each no. film as we go along. Yeah, okay. Um, I think, I think yeah, I think the thing about this one is... The, the the thing I enjoyed most about it, I need to rewatch it, but the thing I enjoyed most about it was, and it always has been in the Iron Man films, which I think was him testing out and him, you know, building the stuff, going with the AI, oh, yeah. testing the suits, which I think is why I wasn't always the biggest fan of Iron Man Three. Do you know what I, I mean? Like, f- you say that, but like, I feel like Iron Man Three brought back a lot of that that kind of part of him, especially there's that scene where he does everything without the suit, you know. No, I like that scene, but then... Oh, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I, I need to get back... When I get back to Iron Man 3, I feel like... Yeah, Iron Man 3... It, well, we're not talking about Iron Man 3, obviously, but... Yeah, I think it's fine. I think it's... it's A lot of people give it a lot of shit. Yeah. But I think it's fine. Um, But with this one, yeah, no, that, I mean, the best part of it is, like, the, the man in the cave aspect, you know, the mechanic. Him yeah, exactly. Things. It's so interesting. But I really like his first test run... Um. All of that soundtrack helps those scenes as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's a great soundtrack from Ram and Jawadi. It's got a couple of great tracks. More, I should say. The whole yeah. soundtrack isn't like phenomenal, but it's got some good tracks, some, some memorable moments. Yeah. But yeah, I like. It's it's, it's like the story isn't all that when you think about it. I think I think I like the film more from a character perspective for Tony Stark and learning who he is yeah seeing him become Iron Man the story itself isn't sh- I wouldn't say is in, like very very strong I think it's mm. a good story but yeah. I think I think there's stories in phase one that are stronger than this yeah yeah you, it, um, yeah no yeah I get that this this is yeah it's because when you I mean like because the villain in it is kind of poor <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, it's, and it's, also, it's also kind of expected. Yeah. I say that, like, going into it, it was like... This was back in the time when there wasn't, like... I don't think there had been an amazing villain in a, in a superhero movie at this point in 2008. Well, yeah. In 2008, we obviously got Heath Ledger Joker. Jesus, yes, we did. Um, I guess... I don't think any of the villains in the um, like Spider-Man movies, the first three, are actually that interesting. I think the most interesting one for me was probably Doc Ock. But even then, he's a bit—it's a bit random, isn't it? <laughs> Doc Ock. No, yeah, like, it is. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just I'm just thinking about like superhero movies as a whole, but in that point, but so I feel like because we did just get oh, it's a man in a big suit. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the thing that. And I think I'll bring it up again with Iron Man, with Iron Man too. But I think that this film struggles with a little bit is is a strong, formidable villain that isn't just oh, this is just Iron Man. Point two. This is just I. This is just the alternate Iron Man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, Iron Monger. 
yeah so that's why I enjoy it I do enjoy this one from a character perspective though like all the, yeah I think he goes on quite a good journey and it leaves it up ready for more and it's and you know it does it does give you those subtle introductions to the rest of like setting up the universe you know with Phil Coulson at the end and just dropping yeah. the well, name Phil, Shield and the post credit scene in, in four scenes yeah because he's he is, first yeah. he, he first interacts with Pepper when Tony comes back then he interacts with Tony at that party yep. then he's uh, that when he helps Pepper and then he's at the end yeah exactly and even just stuff like that you know it shows that there was a plan oh yeah of course yeah the thing I find mad is that um, a lot of the Phase 1 films are Paramount films yeah it's crazy isn't it because that was before Disney had acquired Marvel well yeah no I was talking to someone um, that, that, I, that I worked with the other day um, no this was a couple of weeks ago and he was like he worked on or helped work on like some of the aspects for these films and I, it just blew me away because in my point of view yes I saw Iron Man I saw Iron Man at the cinema I went with my nan and we, we both went to go see it but mm. from clear memory Marvel's always been Disney I, I've never not like do you know what I mean and every time I put I mean, this film on it, I always go oh shit yeah Paramount did own these oh really like because every time I, I remember when it was like Paramount because I remember when um because Avengers was the first film that was released after Disney had acquired it, I believe. Yeah, it was. Um, Captain America was, was the last one. And that was still... Um... Yeah, and that was still obviously um, Paramount's logo on the film. And their dis- yeah. distribution, I believe. Um, and also, like you know, then Iron Man 3 obviously still had Paramount. Did it? Yeah, I think Iron Man 3 was the last film to have a Paramount logo. Oh, um, I think that was contract reasons, though. I believe. Yeah. Because um, I think it was... An Iron Man 3 was... It's, it's, it is it's it's it is distributed by Disney, but I think it still had the Paramount logo on it, if, I, if I'm correct. I think you are, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I might not 100% be sure I'd have to when I rewatch it I'll know but I think it did still have the Paramount logo on it logo on it okay yeah um but yeah no yeah I always remember when these films were Paramount that's what like cause I yeah I don't I never think of them as Disney to be fair because I, rem- I remember with specifically when Disney acquired it I was like oh so we're gonna see the Disney logo on them okay and we don't really we don't we see Disney at the end <laughs> yeah um but yeah there's some, I like I like yeah I like the journey Tony Stark goes on in this you know when he's like oh I'm making weapons woo boop woo loop doop doop oh no my weapons are being used to kill the people I built them for no, yeah it's a, it's a very it's a very simple straightforward yeah, it's story very, but I yeah, think it's a very it, easy narrative but like it's still interesting yeah and I think it works that when you discover all the kind of little hints and and things they plant in there that gets picked up upon even tent not even by end game do you know what I mean just little yeah. simple things um, that kind of shown that they've always had this plan they've always they always they knew what they were doing from the get go yes they took a chance but they I, I like the fact they took a chance put put all these seeds in and gone look we're either going to go for it we're not going to half ass it yeah. um, and obviously it worked and thank fuck it did oh yeah and um, again 
probably doesn't always get like the biggest credit, but like John Favreau is a massive reason why this, you know, even worked. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, even coming down to, you know, he had to fight him and Kevin Feige had to fight to cast Robert Downey Jr. And yeah. look, look how not only changed his life, but look how that helped shape the first ten years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like uh, Robert Downey Jr. is one of the biggest names in the world now. Um. Yeah. I think John Favreau does a superb job, and I'm still I'm happy that he's still involved in Marvel in some way as well. Yeah, even if it's not in a creative aspect. Yeah, like, I like the fact Happy's still in it. Yeah, because is are we are we is are we is he going to be in the next Spider-Man? Uh, the rumor is he is. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely would love to see. I mean, he's still with Disney, obviously, isn't he? So. Well, I really like the I really like the relationship him and Peter have. Yeah. Um, in Far From Home. There's nothing on the list about him, on, on Wikipedia about him being in it, but he might have a little show up. Yeah, I think he probably will be. Well, no, what, no one knew if he was definitely going to be in Far From Home until the trailer came out. And then he had quite a big role in that. Not, like, huge, but a big a role. A decent, yeah, decent size. Um, no, yeah, I definitely... I think we'll probably get him in that um, Armor Wars show as well. Oh yeah, for sure. For unless sure. he's unless he's too busy with like the Star Wars stuff he's doing. Yeah, I think the, the thing that works well with that is they're both Disney though. Yeah, no, yeah, I know, but it means he's he's actively like making those shows, isn't he? He's the showrunner, so yeah. But yeah, I think we'll, he'll see, he will see him more in Marvel. Of course, we will. Did you ever watch his um, Chef show on Netflix? I've watched bits and pieces of it. That's really good. Yeah, no, it is interesting. And I just don't like watching food shows because, especially good food shows. Cause yeah, true. Then you're like, I'm never going to eat food this good. <laughs> That's actually quite sad now. I think about it. Because <laughs> they, they, um, there was an episode where they made uh, a meatball lasagna. Yeah. And I watched it with my mum, and I was like, that looks incredible. Like, I want that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, um, Iron Man. Did I, you want to? Is there anything else you want to say about Iron Man, or do you want to rate it? Um, the scene when he first goes into the desert, you know, to fight as with the new with the Iron Man suit we know and love is incredible. Like, oh yeah, that first like, that first proper look yeah. at Iron Man. I feel Man like we sick. even after watching it again, like I feel like we do big it up in our minds a lot more than it actually is because it's a very short moment. Yeah, it's not exactly, but it's it's just it's a great reveal, you know, when like all those people are being like threatened and then Iron Man just drops in. There's like no music, no soundtrack, and he just wails on a couple of. Terrorists, or but we're not really terrorists, are they? The <laughs> bad, bad blokes. I also love how this film does the joke, does the, th- the addresses something that we kind of know a lot about anyway in real life is that you know Americans supplying weapons to their enemies. Yeah, I'm glad that this film kind of it addresses something that's you know probably probably controversial. It doesn't you know directly say anything, but it's like this is what's happening in this film, and it's happened in real life. Yeah, exactly. Um, an example of this is: uh, Have you seen the film Charlie Wilson's War? I haven't. It's uh, Tom Hanks and Philip Seymour Hoffman, and it's basically about how um, the Americans helped supply weapons to Afghanistan so they could fight against the Russians. Okay. That were invading them, and they poured like all these weapons into this. They like to help them out, and then the Americans just pulled out and left them with nothing essentially but just loads of weapons okay so 
there was a power vacuum after that and that was that power vacuum was filled by Osama Bin Laden shit like it's even addressed at the end of the film because the character Tom Hanks plays is like we want to we want to see something like he's like we want two billion dollars to go back to Afghanistan to build schools and stuff uh, and yeah. the American government were like no we're done there we don't need to do anything now like let them do whatever they want it's not not Jesus. important to us yeah no watch it watch the film it's a really good film yeah I will I will like it's really quite insightful okay I had some money I also think I think there's a film a scene in it where like it's not like a full sex scene, but like when Tom Hanks is like having sex with Emily Blunt. <laughs> huh. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Like I was like, oh wow, that's random. <laughs> I think it's that film. It's definitely Tom Hanks. And I was like, I don't think of it like this when I think of Tom Hanks. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman's great in it. Is it? Let me just quickly look it up. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Yeah, Emily Blunt. I think she plays like someone in the film. Nice. Narrows it down. <laughs> like an assistant or something. I don't know. Something like that. Anyway, yeah, and also uh, Julia Roberts is in it. <laughs> nice. No, it's a decent film. You should watch it. I will. Just because also it's quite insightful, you know? Yeah. Oh, and Amy Adams is in it. Oh. It's got a really good cast. Yeah, it's quite a stacked cast as well. Um, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about Iron Man. Um, what do you what, what do you want to rate it? You know what? Considering it kicked off the universe, I'll I'll give it a smoking microphone. Oh yeah, definitely deserves a smoking microphone. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but swiftly moving I would, on. I also actually I wanted to just quickly because I didn't realise uh, Charlie Wilson's War was also written by Aaron Sorkin. So. Oh okay. The screen the screenplay. It's obviously yeah. based on real life. Anywho, yeah, swiftly moving on to uh, the next film that was released, also in 2008, <laughs> and a film I know you haven't seen for a very long time. Very long time. The Incredible Hulk. Raw. Um, let me quickly get the information up for The Incredible Hulk. So, directed by Lou Leteria, written by Zach Penn, only one writer, wow, uh, based on Hulk by Stanley and Jack Kirby, um, released on June 13th 2008 in the United States uh, made 264.8 million from 137.5 to 250 million budget decent um, which isn't great no compared to Iron Man which made 500 million nearly over 500 million but um, yeah so the film obviously it stars uh, Edward Norton as Bruce Banner Yep. Liv, Liv Tyler as Betty Ross um, Tim Roth as Emil Blonsky Abomination who's coming back for She-Hulk and Abomination is going to be in Shang-Chi yep we had Tim Blake Nelson as Samuel Stearns who would have become the leader oh shit yeah um, Ty Burrell as Leonard Sampson who is Betty Brandt's like boyfriend or husband or whatever Okay. Um, William Hurt obviously as Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross who's come back a couple of times now he has he has a few times actually sorry he's in um He's in Civil War, uh, Infinity War and Endgame in brief scenes, and he's also in um, Black Widow. Is he in Endgame? Yeah, in the... Um, at the funeral. Oh. Fair yeah. play. Didn't realise that. One of my things about that is that he's in two films that Mark Ruffalo's in, and he hasn't interacted with Bruce Banner once. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Um, and obviously we also got Robert Downey Jr.'s cameo at the end of the film. Yes, fucking hell, yeah. Um, 
and Martin Starr plays a college student. <laughs> Shit. Who also play? He obviously plays uh, the teacher in Spider-Man: Homecoming, and Far From Home. Yeah. But it was obviously retroactively revealed that he's the same character. <laughs> nice. I like that. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. And um, I can't remember his name. Why can't I remember his name? Lou Frig. Lou Frig now also uh, appears as the security guard, right? Yeah. Um, from what oh I wow! Apparently, sorry. Apparently, David Duchovny was a front runner for the role. Jesus. He, he's um from X Files. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Um. Oh, while Louis Leterrier's original choice for the role was Mark Ruffalo. I love that. <laughs> Who directed oh this my film? God. Uh, Lou, Lou Leterrier. Okay. Louis Leterrier. Sorry. From what? Louis, I don't know. Look, from what I remember. <laughs> this <laughs> Grimsby. What the fuck? From what I remember, this film has good moments. I don't really, I can't, I don't really remember the film enough to talk about it in detail. No, I know, yeah, yeah, I understand that. Um, but I do like, I do like the university scene where he transforms. I like the, the um. Oh, the university fight thing is incredible. I love it when um, Blon- uh, Emil Blonsky just goes up to him, is like, just stands in front of him, and Hulk just kicks him into a tree. Yeah, and I like. I like the final fight where he falls out of the the, the, plane, the, the plane. Yeah, and they go against each other. I really like that fight as well. Yeah, where they destroy Harlem. Yeah. Which is obviously addressed in Avengers when he's like, last time I was in New York, I kind of broke Harlem. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this, this film gets bad rap now because it's not Mark Ruffalo, and people are like, there's no point going back to it because it's different. But it does... You know, it does inform the universe as well in a way. Like, there's a lot of S.H.I.E.L.D. references in this. Yeah, um, there is like a, they address the super soldier program because obviously that's what they're trying to recreate. Oh yeah, like that's the reason why the thing happens. Because yeah, um, there's meant to be a deleted scene at the start with uh, he tries to kill himself, doesn't he? But there's you see Captain America. Yeah, I, that, that's 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 I hate that. Well, I've seen that, but it's like that's the worst. <laughs> yeah, it's crap. Because <laughs> it's like that would have been a terrible start. Because, yeah, he's, like, in the ice, isn't he? He tries to shoot himself, and he's like, oh, no, I can't because I'm Hulk. And he, like, hops out. And then, like, there's, like, yeah, you see Captain America frozen in the ice, but it's like, yeah, of course that didn't happen because that would have been weird, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He would have sma- smashed him and he would have died. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, but this film has a lot of good stuff in it. I really love, actually, I really love when we're, like, introduced to him. He's in, um, you know, he's in Brazil in hiding. Yep. Um, and he like hulks out and he's been hunted down obviously because yeah the chase is good yeah um, just looking through stuff now obviously a lot of this film is he's trying to cure himself I don't want to be the Hulk anymore he reunites with Betty I love you Betty um, there's also that there's a lot of stuff in this film which is very much like oh he's still very much Bruce in there so I feel like that's part of that's something that's obviously not been used anymore. Like it was more they made they turned it so Hulk was kind of this different personality. Yeah, which is also something that fucking Ed Norton would have been able to pull off fantastically. Yeah, I think <laughs> like, when you think about his first major film role, I think his first film role was Primal Fear, where he plays a guy who's like fucking spoilers for Primal Fear if you haven't seen it. He's um got dual personalities. Yeah. Um, and obviously, again, spoilers if you haven't seen it, Fight Club. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, 
he plays a character with dual personalities. Um, obviously, most of his second secondary personality is played by um, Brad Pitt. But like, that's something that imagine if if we still had Ed Norton as the Hulk, he would have done a really good job of the dual personality thing. Yeah, no, for sure. I but think, that's you not know... to say that Mark Ruffalo's not good. I think Mark Ruffalo's great, and he is the version we all prefer now. But yeah, Ed 100%. Norton's still a fantastic actor, and I would have liked to have seen him do more, but I understand why they didn't go with that, because he obviously wanted creative input on all of them. Yeah, well, apparently he was just a bit of a nightmare behind the scenes as well. But he wanted... It's also because he really wanted, like, creative input. He wanted to have a writing credit on Avengers. He wanted to have creative input on his character and stuff like that which I get some actors wanting that kind of thing but Marvel had such a plan already in motion that they were just like yeah it's not worth it sorry (laughs) yeah plus I can see Ed Norton not wanting to be tied down for too much of a contract yeah we wouldn't have had Hulk as as long as we have probably not he he wouldn't have lasted as long either way I think he would have been recast yeah but but I think as a story set in the MCU, Incredible Hulk is still fine um, if you can look past the Ed Norton thing. As a film overall, I think it's still really good. Like as a as a standalone Hulk film, it's good. Yeah, I think. I think my problem is just I do need to rewatch it, you, but I just think you, I, think I remember you should, last. Like, try and re rewatch it with a very open mind, like going into it. Don't don't rewatch it with like the whole this is part of the MCU, blah blah blah. Just watch it as the film it is. Yeah, and it does help. Like I, because thinking about it, I do genuinely think there's a lot of good moments in this film. Yeah, I'm definitely okay. Maybe I'll put it on my list then. You should you should rewatch it. Like, <laughs> it's because it's not a bad film at all. <laughs> it's just you know the, there are obviously specific reasons why it's not even given attention anymore. Like, it's got 67% approval rating, which is quite low, but I still like it. I wouldn't even say 67 is quite low though it is that's why I said I still like it and that end Mm. that end scene like like I said there's some really good scenes in it I think there's more good scenes than there are boring scenes yeah no yeah the battles all the battles are are great all the Hulk stuff's great in this film it is Mm. I wonder if a leader will ever show up again no because because like Hulk's blood gets into a cut in his head and it starts to like mutate. Yeah, I was really excited for that as well. Yep. Go on then. Oh well. Give it your rating. Uh, I'm gonna give it a smoking microphone. I know you won't because you haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, I think for now, I'm not gonna give it a smoking microphone. However, I'm gonna watch it in the next week or two. Maybe my opinion will change once I've watched it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but just just for now, it'll it'll no microphone. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> it's a sad, sad situation. And obviously, it was also uh, distributed by Universal Studios. Yeah, Universal Pictures. Sorry. Um, and now it's which, Iron Man two. Which 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 is what's led to a lot of like issues with why we haven't got a Hulk standalone film. Yeah. He's allowed to be in all like the team up stuff, but he's not allowed to be in his own movie. Oh yes. And obviously he's gonna be in uh Hulk Mark Ruffalo Hulk is coming back for She Hulk. Yeah, I think he'll have quite a big role in that as well. Possibly. Um But on to yeah, Iron Man two released in two thousand and ten. 
whole two years later. No, 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 two no. years without an Iron Man, without a Marvel movie. God, if you'd said that now, fucking hell. <laughs> I know, right? Well. <laughs> I mean, we did just have a year of no Marvel, to be fair. Well, technically, we had two years of no Marvel movie, because it, the last one came out in 2019, the next one came out in 2021. Oh, shit, yeah. So we did have two years without a Marvel movie. Fuck me. <laughs> so, uh, this one, still directed by John Favreau, written by Justin Thoreau. <laughs> Was it really? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um... With a budget of 170 to 200 million, it made 623.9 million dollars, which is more than the first one. Fair it had point. a bigger budget, obviously. Yeah. Um, Robert Downey Jr. obviously is Iron Man. Gwyneth Paltrow is back. Uh, Don Cheadle as R- James Rhodey Rhodes slash War Machine in this one. Yep. Sc- introduction of Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. Yep. We get we get some good old Sam Rockwell as Justin Hammer. We do. Uh, Mickey Rourke as the villain Ivan Vanko Whiplash. I want my butt Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury I want my butt we get Clark Gregg is back John Favreau is back obviously uh, Leslie Bibb is back <laughs> as I the think... reporter she plays who's also uh, she's also um, Sam Rockwell's wife <laughs> yep uh, John Slattery makes his first appearance as Howard Stark nice Gary Shandlin makes his first appearance as a US State Senator Stern. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Olivia Munn is in it at some point, right? Is she? I think. Originally appeared as an unnamed character who was subsequently cut from the film. I thought she plays a news reporter. I thought she still we still see her, don't we? Oh, doesn't ring a bell. One second. I feel like she's still like in a news report scene. Or something, like for the Stark Expo scene. Oh, I think she was meant to have a bigger role. Oh, okay. She still, yeah, no, she plays a news reporter in it briefly. It doesn't really look like which, her there, though. She looks very different. Okay. Um, and Kate Mara, briefly. Oh, my God. She Didn't... gives uh, the summons to Tony Stark. Yes, yeah, she does. Yes, yeah, she does. Um, and, and apparently young Peter Parker is in this film, played by... Um, John Favreau's son. That's cute. Apparently, think, it's young Peter Parker. They said that. They've said that. We have to believe them. I think the problem with this film is he just basically goes on the same journey he does in the first one. Have you seen um, the video that Ben did on Iron Man Two? No, not yet. Because, uh, well, it's about well, the video is about Chef, but um, nice. It's about why Chef is now is a uh, um, is a uh, basically inspired by the experience John Favreau had making Iron Man 2 which is that oh. he had basically there was a bigger idea they had that Marvel whoever the head of Marvel you know Ike Perlmutter probably <laughs> yeah was it was against uh, and they instead just went with the the easy option essentially yeah and I think that's that's what this film suffers from for sure yeah no the f- the film does suffer, I think, a lot because of that. Because it has some great moments, obviously. It still has probably one of the best Iron Man suit-ups in any of the films, which oh, is the suitcase yeah, armor. Easily. I love that scene. I love that transformation. But then, I remember replicating that with just, like, you know, like just pretending to do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> but I just think, yeah, I think this film does suffer quite a bit. I think he, it has a lot of the same beats as the first film, um, mm-hmm. which I don't think... It just feels a bit repetitive... And the villain's just not. No, yeah, Ivan Vanko's not very interesting at all. But like, I don't, I don't care about the villain in any which way. Nope. 
And then when it gets to the final battle, it's like, oh, quick, we've got to save him. And I'm just like, yeah, all right, whatever. I like the pers- the perspective of it's it's Sam Rockwell. It's um, what's Justin Hammer trying to like replicate what Tony's done because he's obviously not as good as him. Yeah. Um, and I do like Sam Rockwell here. He's got great charisma, and he's just, I love, Sam Rockwell is a fantastic actor. <laughs> like, oh yeah, for sure. I'd love to see. I think I think he will genuinely be, but like in the Armor Wars show, that'd be great. Yeah, I can see him coming back. That'd be fucking amazing. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, but yeah, the film does. It's just like I said, it has obviously it has that that uh, idea of oh, the Palladium's killing Tony, so he's technically dying. Oh fucking hell, yeah, he is, isn't he? Um, we get Don Cheadle obviously uh, taking over as uh, Rhodey, and I think he's brilliant. Oh yeah, he's absolutely outstanding. He's a lot more. I know fun, I guess. Yeah, he's, he's enjoying himself. He he's not taking it too seriously. And he beats up Iron Man. Yeah, it kicks shit out of him. Um, becomes War Machine, obviously. The end sequence is just a bit meh. Like the, it's it's got some good moments, especially when they're in that little area. You know, like the weird inside foresty area. <laughs> I think that's the I think that's the problem, though, right? I think this but film it's all dark. This film has good moments. But even then, the good moments aren't extremely memorable. Like, I remember the briefcase transformation, but I don't really remember in detail what happens after that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's quite brief moments. I I also like um that the you know we like what we get of um Black Widow here. You know that scene where she takes out all those guards. Yeah. Um. And the, <laughs> at the same time, Happy Hogan's just beating up this one guy. <laughs> Yeah, I do like that. I like well. it. I like it because of the way, like the the way the Black Widow fight is shot, is very much like, oh, this is a you know a superhero movie kind of thing. Like she's like, oh, gliding through them all essentially. And then the way the Happy Hogan fight is shot is quite intense and close up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it feels like a really intense fight. And then obviously you see that she's already taken out everyone else. Yeah, I do like that. I just like Happy Hogan to be fair. Yeah. I think it's something. I think I can't. I, know, I don't know for sure, but I think there's a part in the scene where, in her lists of like previous jobs, like her character, like of Black Widow, is li- previously listed as working for Hammer Corporation, or whatever oh, it's called, Hammer really? Industries. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So when she goes in there, like she knows where everything is. Essentially, she knows the area. Oh, it's, shit. A, it's one of those like little little subtle moments there's a YouTube channel I can't remember the name of it but someone who like watches the films in slow motion I mean why not and picks up all like the little fine details there's a lot of details in there where I'm like oh that's really interesting I didn't yeah I would never have seen that but it's like it's not like a oh wait this changes it the story fundamentally but they're like little moments that just help certain scenes yeah so an example I can think of off the top of my head is one of my ones I think of a lot now is like you know in the bank scene in Spider-Man Homecoming yes so you know when like they're using that weapon on him and like he tries to grip onto the ground and it rips him up yeah the first time he does it he obviously grips onto the tile and it rips up the tile but the second time he slapped onto the ground he realises that where the tile was ripped up he can see the ground and he grips onto that instead okay so that he's not lifted up again yeah and it's like fine moments like that, like tiny little things. It's like, oh, you don't notice that in the moment because you're into the action scene. But it makes sense. They, they actively put things in there that make sense. Yeah, I never noticed that before. No, yeah, it's cool. It's it's really cool. Um, but that's not Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2 is fine. 
Yeah, again, I don't really have a lot to say about Iron Man 2, just because it just repeats itself, and I think, I think, it's, yeah, it, it doesn't help it. No. Um, what would you give it? I'm not going to give it a smoking microphone. You're not? There's bits I enjoy, like I enjoy him tinkering around, and I enjoy the stuff with Samuel Jackson. and there's moments I like. There's also that random scene where he makes the element, which has never been explained. Yeah, but then at the same time, oh, should I? See, I was gonna say, I was only gonna say because I gave Incredible Hulk a smoking microphone. I kind of feel like I have to give this one a smoking microphone because I do still like a lot of the moments in it enough to enjoy watching the film. I think. Oh no, I, I like the film and I enjoy the film, but I don't think it's amazing. Hmm. Um. So. You know what? No, fuck it. Let's give it a smoking microphone. Yeah. Because there are bits I enjoy. Yeah, I'll give it. Yeah, I'll give it a smoking microphone. Um, I don't think there's anything else to say about that. On to the next one, then, right? Yeah, let's do it. The next one, obviously, is the is teased in the end credits of this film. Oh yeah. Uh, Will Phil Coulson shows up to Thor's hammer. The next film is Thor. If you didn't gather that. Yeah, you should have. You should have known that. But what? By. You should just know. Thor, released in 2011, uh, directed by Kenneth Branagh, written by Ashley Edward Miller, Zach Stentz, Don Payne, J. Michael Straczynski, and Mark Protosevich. Nice. Based on Thor by Stanley, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby. Um, I'm going to come right this, at the bat for this. So I was going to say, this film made $449.3 million from a $150 million budget. Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Natalie Portman as Jane Foster, Tom Hiddleston as Loki, Stellan Skarsgård as Eric Selvig, <laughs> Colm Fiore as Laufey, Ray Stevenson as Volstagg, Idris Elba as Heimdall, Kat Dennings as Darcy Lewis, Rene Russo as Frigga, Anthony Hopkins as Odin, uh, and, uh, Jamie Alexander as Sif, and others, and Clark Gregg as Phil Coulson, obviously. Yeah. Who at this point has been in, this is his third film, and we also get um, the first appearance of Maximiliano, Maximiliano Hernandez as Jasper Sitwell. Okay. <laughs> oh, and um, J- Samuel Jackson and Jeremy Renner have uncredited cameos as Nick Fury and Clint Barton. I almost forgot that this was when Jeremy Renner was introduced as Clint Barton as well. <laughs> Is Samuel Jackson in this? Uh, end credit scene. What's the? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Silver yeah, yeah, goes yeah. to meet him about the Tesseract. Yeah, you know what? I really enjoy this film. I rewatched it recently, and um, I had a really good time. I just, I just, as a film, I do think it's a good film. Um, I like the journey four goes on in this. I like Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Um, I just think it's a fun film. Again, I like a lot about this film. I like Chris Hemsworth. I actually, I think this is the weakest Chris Hemsworth as Thor. I think he's quite boring as Thor in this. He definitely improves with each film. Oh yeah, I mean, you got like. Chris Hemsworth himself was getting kind of bored with playing the role until we did Ragnarok, where it shook up the character a lot. Yeah. Um, Natalie Portman is fine. Tom Hiddleston obviously is great casting, and I'm gr- it's great to see where his character's gone yeah. since. Um, but for the most part, I think this is the weakest film of Phase 1. Really? Yeah, I I find it so hard to rewatch this film. Like, I like a lot of the again, I like a lot of little story beats in it, but I don't know. There's not enough in here that really gets me, and I also think the pacing's really off. It feels like it has no second act. See, my weakest one is 
one of the first three. Or that's between, it's between it's between Hulk and Iron Man two. No, that's fair. I've, it's yeah, Hulk. I just I don't know. It's Hulk. Orig- <laughs> yeah, it's Hulk. Originally, originally I was on the same wavelength as you, but then through we rewatching it this year, I just I just really really enjoyed it. Like I said, I do enjoy a lot of moments. Like I enjoy the whole when like I like the I love the scene when like Thor like goes through all the all the shield agents to get to the hammer and he can't lift it. Yeah. Like, I think that's fantastic. Um, but then, yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot that stands out to me in the end. I really, obviously, I like the characterization of Loki here, like I've already said. Um, I don't even think there's much in, like, the final fight. I think the final fight between Loki and Thor is a bit weak. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, for me, no, honestly, for me personally, I really, there's not a lot in this film I can actually say I love. Like, that's fair. Yeah. No, that's fair, though. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I'm not, like... Whenever I've done Marvel rewatches in the in the past, I almost always stop at this film. I get to this film and I'm like, I just can't be bothered. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just think it's not... Yeah, I don't know, I just don't think it's that good, to be fair. I'm not even going to say, oh, I think it's... I, I, it probably is just fine like for what it is it was an introduction to Thor it was obviously another character that was going to be hard to bring to live action yeah like after you know he had his live action stuff in the past <laughs> where it was really crappy Thor oh um, yeah but yeah I don't know I just didn't get enough from this film and I don't I never really feel like revisiting it so yeah uh, no, I can see that. I don't like. I don't think it's amazing in any way. But I just, re- I just remember really enjoying it as a. Um, me and Maddie sat together and watched it one night, and I just remember coming to the end of it going, you know what? I had a, I had a better time than I thought I usually do. Um, mm-hmm. I just appreciate it a lot more, um, and I think probably probably because of the casting. To be fair, um, and and I like the look of it as well. Well, my thing is like. With Chris Hemsworth as Thor, the casting is it's retroactively a lot better now. Like as over time, it's got better. Yeah. I'm not saying he's bad in this film. It's just I just thought it was fine. Obviously, Natalie Portman as Jane Foster is is a write off. Really, like she's not great. I think but she's yeah. She's about to come back, so you know, and I think she'll be better when she comes back. Otherwise, she wouldn't have chosen to come back. <laughs> Yeah, she's definitely sure. that kind of actress where it's like I'll only come back if I want to. Yeah, but yeah, Tom Hiddleston's fantastic. I, uh, Selen Skarsgård, I think he's better in this than he is in the Dark World. Yeah, I think the standout in this is Tom Hiddleston. Oh, obviously. Um, like even like Idris Elba as Heimdall, he's given very little to do in this one. Yeah. Uh, and um, obviously Anthony Hopkins is Odin. I think he's pretty good, but he's asleep for most of the film. <laughs> yeah, no, he does just fucking have a nap, doesn't he? <laughs> the Odin sleep. The Odin sleep. Um, we get a lot more of Phil Coulson here, though. We do. He's great. Yeah. He really is. He got I his f- own show. I feel like I know what you're going to rate it, though. Did you know he got his say. own show? He did. He got seven seasons of his own show. I know. Where he played three different characters, essentially, because he played Phil Coulson. Yep, he played uh, some demon in the body of Phil Coulson from another universe. Nice, Pachacutic or whatever his name was. <laughs> and then he played uh, a oh, what are the what's the fucking words they call them? LMDs. No, he wasn't an LMD. 
but he did do it. He probably wasn't. He wasn't an MD at one point. And he was also oh he was also that version inside the uh, the framework as well, uh, but though in the final season, what fucking species? There are species of like these hyper intelligent kind of robot creatures. There's a character called Enoch who's in it, who's like one of them. I I, I don't. Give know. me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. Agents of Shield. Ah, sorry, I'm my I'm not typing very well. Agents of Shield. What's he called? What is he called? What Chronicom? That's it. He's a Chronicom. There we go. They've, they make a Chronicom version of Agent Coulson for the final season. Final two seasons? One of the things. Yeah, anyway, it's not really him. It's not really Coulson. Oh, okay. But I hope he comes back. Yeah. Because he can technically live forever now. Oh, shit, yeah, of course he can. <laughs> he's technically... Yeah, because he's, he's a Chronicom. He's technically an AI. <laughs> it's great. You should you should uh, you should watch all of Agents of Shield. Yeah, no, I don't know. Because it, it is really good. Like I think, yeah, the first season. I know you've seen bits and pieces of it, but like I know, yeah, the first season's weak, but it gets really good. Yeah. Like, yeah, it just is. It's very good. It's weird to think that like Phil Coulson shows up in Iron Man, shows up in Iron Man two, is in shows up in, in Thor, dies in uh, in Avengers, but he was so popular that he got seven seasons of his own show. Yeah, no, he, he is a great character. But it was ins- it's insane. That, do you know he also uh, he wrote a film that Harrison Ford starred in? Did he actually? Yeah, because um, he recently... Was it It was Harrison Ford's birthday recently, was it? Yeah. Yeah, and he was like writing about it and being like, oh, oh yeah, like... he First, he was in a film with Harrison Ford. Like, he didn't play a big role. I think he's in Clear and Peasant, Present Danger, one of the Jack Ryan films, which one I haven't seen yet. Um... And then he wrote a film that Harrison Ford starred in, and then he was talking about how he was at like he was doing a, mu- a play somewhere, and Harrison Ford was like showed up. He was like to shirt to watch it. He saw him in the audience, and then they went out afterwards together. Nice, I love that. <laughs> I'm like fucking hell, Clark Gregg's like friends with Harrison Ford. <laughs> I respect that. Um, go on then. What would you rate for? Thor, I'm gonna not. I'm not giving it a smoking microphone, unfortunately. That's fair. I'm. I will give it a smoking microphone. No, you, I mean, obviously, you just said you liked it, so... I enjoyed it, I'd, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's America not the that I adventure. don't like the film, it's just that I can't... I don't enjoy it. Yeah, that's fair. No, that's fair, you know, you don't have to. Like, no, I don't, I know. There's 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 24 films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I don't have to like all of them. Exactly. <laughs> but it's also one of those situations where it's like, it's not a bad film. Yeah. It's not a bad film, like, I just find it really weird, like... That, that pacing really gets me because it feels like there's, there's obviously the big battle at the beginning then Thor's cast out he's on earth noodling around for a bit <laughs> and then it's like suddenly the warriors free show up and it's like now it's the third act but where's the second act kind of thing yeah it does kind of emit a second act to be fair it's kind of the, it's it's, a, it's similar to the situation of Man of, Man of Steel where like that first act goes forever <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah, it feels like because the because of the pacing of the film, it feels like the first act doesn't stop, <laughs> and then it's suddenly the finale. Yeah, um, but yeah. So we'll move on to um, Captain America, the first Avenger. Sorry, Captain American Way. I don't think that's the lyrics. No, it's not. This is my. This was directed. Oh, no, information first, dickhead. Sorry. 
Directed by Joe Johnston, written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, who, you know, stuck around for a while. <laughs> yeah, for a long fucking time. Um, this film made $370.6 million from a 140 to $216 million budget. So, not that great, actually. Yeah, no, not amazing. Starring Chris Evans as Steve Rogers, Captain America, Tommy Lee Jones as Chester Phillips, Hugo Weaving as Red Skull, Hayley Atwell as Peggy Carter, Sebastian Stan as Bucky... Dominic Cooper as Howard Stark, Neil McDonough as Dum Dum Dugan, Stanley Tucci as Erskine, uh, we see Samuel Jackson, we get Kenneth Choi as one of the uh, Howling Commandos, he's also showed up since as a different character. Yep. Arnim <laughs> um, Zoda, obviously Toby Jones, why is he so, he's so low in the casting thing? He's in like the paragraph at the bottom where it's like, this person was in this role. Oh shit. Um... Richard Armitage, obviously, plays a <laughs> plays a Nazi assassin. He does. A uh, Red Skull assassin, sorry. They're not specifically Nazis. Uh, Natalie Dormer, briefly. Oh, fucking hell, yeah, she is. In it. Laura Haddock, who went on to play Meredith Quill. Yep. Um, and Stan Lee has a cameo. One of my favourite cameos, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that one Which now. Is where he is like, uh, it's like we present to you Captain America, and some some random guy comes out, and he's like, I thought he'd be taller. <laughs> what a guy! This is this is this is my joint favorite of this phase. Yeah, like the, I've been up and down on this film for a while. You know that. Um, yeah. But the thing is, the things I don't I dislike about this film are so minor. Yeah. Like this is an incredible film. I really really enjoy this film. I've always, I always have. This is also the only. I think uh, there's. The, we now have a, a big. I think we have a second place finally. But this is the only like Marvel romantic subplot that's actually interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and obviously, and heartbreaking at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I just. I'm all in for this film. I. I just. I. I really. I, I've never not liked it. I've, yeah. I've always enjoyed the the story, the introduction to Steve Rogers. I've always liked Steve Rogers as a character. I like the yep. journey he goes on in this film. Um, yeah, and by the ending, I'm I'm fully on board of it, and it gets me. And even just the last scene gets you really hyped for Avengers as well, oh, yeah, this... while also being heartbroken at the fact he's he's lost his true love. Like I think, yeah, watching after watching this was when I really, really was like, I can't wait for the Avengers, because at the time, I didn't know a lot about it. I had figured out that there was links and stuff like that from Iron Man 2. Yeah. But I, I hadn't even, I don't think I'd even seen Thor when I watched this. Jesus. Um, I know I'd seen Green Lantern, because I remember watching it with the same person that I watched this with. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, know, I know it's not le- uh, linked at all, but yeah. No, this this film has just so many great moments as well. Yeah. All of it. I, just, I, lo- I love all of it, from when he becomes... You know when he gets given the serum and he transforms yeah. to uh, when he's when they're on the montage and he's saving Bucky and then when he loses Bucky and then even just the final acts where they're breaking into the yeah. prison and he's on the ship and he has to he has to put the ship in the water. It's just it it really kind of moves the plot along, and I I just really enjoy it every time I watch it. It's a film that I could easily rewatch. I've always I have found it hard going back to it in my rewatches sometimes, but I feel like that's because I it's usually like after Thor and I'm like oh, I just can't bother to go further. Um, yeah. But no, yeah, this film I'm genuinely looking forward to rewatching this again because it's been a while. But um, 
like the moment when he's in like the training camp, obviously, and it shows that like he's he's you know that he's willing to sacrifice himself to help other people. You know, when he jumps on the grenade. Yeah. Which isn't live, but then I I also love something that people have addressed about that scene since, and um, you see Peggy Carter's about to go towards it as well. Yes, yeah, she is. Like she le- she like goes forward to go towards to do it as well. Like which is obviously why it's something that's going to be addressed in. I, I'm not something specifically, but obviously she's going to be in the What If series. She's going to become Captain Carter. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. But like shows that she's also you know similar in that sense, and that's where the you know the mutual respect between the two is. Yeah. Um, and she's also fantastic as Peggy Carter. Oh no, she's great, and the, the chemistry they have, um, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, I like, yeah, I really like Stanley Tucci. You know, he's not he's not touching about as much as he normally does. <laughs> yeah, true. I really, but I he, really, really like him as Erskine. I really I like it when suits yeah. the role. I like it when they're about to. They're in that scene where he's about to have. You know, they're about to have a like a drink before their before his um. You know, the night before. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh wait, you can't you you can't drink because you've got the thing tomorrow." And he's like, "Oh, it's fine. Well, you can save it for me." He's like, "No, y- you can't drink. I can." <laughs> yeah, no, I like that as well. <laughs> he's just really fun, and then he obviously dies. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, I was gonna say something about skin as well. Something else about yeah. He also, you know, he. I don't know if they address it in this film, but like how the serum obviously amplifies the characteristics that the person already has. I think that's talked about more in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it's, it's picked up on quite a bit in Falcon and yeah. Winter Soldier. Um, and um, like, there's that scene obviously where. Yeah, Erskine says to him, it's in the same scene the night before I think where he says to him when you, you change make sure you know, you know you remain not just a good soldier but a good man yeah something like that I really I like that quote specifically yeah but I really good, like that line but a good man um, I actually I like um, Hugo Weaving as Red Skull even though Hugo Weaving doesn't like it like this film <laughs> yeah I like Red Skull I think this is one this is one of the f- what if this is the first film in Phase One where you go, they go against an opponent? Where I'm like, okay, this opponent's actually quite interesting. I don't, I don't think there was anything interesting, interesting about him, but like, because he is just, oh, I'm the first experiment, the you know, the first super soldier experiment it went wrong, and I have a red face. Yeah. Um, I do like that reveal though, where he's like taking off his, you know, takes off his skin. I like it when Bucky turns around and goes, "Please don't tell me Yorish does that." It's something yeah. like was he say something like please don't tweet something you don't have one of those or something like that what's the line <laughs> yeah it's along the lines of that it's something but like yeah um, I also I'd love um, that obviously we get a glimpse at him earlier on when he's having that painting done don't we yeah yeah I like I like like the air around him I also love that scene where he just kills all those like those Nazi high up those SS men or whatever they are because <laughs> he like counts yep. them before he does it <laughs> yeah he does it's great he's he's, he's quite charismatic I do Hugo Weaving's a great actor I just like he, he doesn't stand by some of the things he does which is a bit annoying yeah that's um, for sure but yeah I can't think of like Sebastian Stor- did you say Sebastian Shaw or did you say something else <laughs> I didn't say nothing sound like you said Sebastian Shaw I was like isn't that Anakin Skywalker from the original Star Wars <laughs> oh fucking hell yeah isn't it um, but Sebastian Stan <laughs> that guy good. Yeah, really great in this film. He really doesn't good. do much in this, obviously. 
No, but it's a nice, it's a nice subtle setup for yeah. everything else. Because in a way, oh, he goes, I... he goes on a very, he goes on a similar yet very different journey to Steve. Yeah, I also forgot to address someone else who's in the cast, uh, Jenna Coleman. <laughs> she is. She certainly is. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> Anywho. We we go on. Um. I'd I'd I'm I'd easily give this a smoking microphone. There's not I even a there's not even a fault about it to be fair. I don't enjoy the mar- the uh, the uh, montage too much because it does. There's a lot of wonky CGI in it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I can see that. It's a bit off-putting at times, like, but you know, it's a good, it's an interesting montage to show, like you know, all the stuff they did. And obviously, that montage takes place over a few years, like a couple of years. Does it? I thought it was a few months. No, because he becomes Captain America in the. I think it's. Well, it's it's nineteen forty-two when Schmidt finds the Tesseract, where Red the Red Skull finds the Tesseract. Yeah. Um, the la- the film ends. It's in nineteen forty-five. Oh Jesus! In nine, it's nineteen forty-three when Steve Rogers learns that uh, Bucky is missing in action. Fuck me! This film takes place over three years. I never realised that. No, yeah, because it's it's nineteen forty-five when the war ends. Christ alive! I mean, obviously, sorry, the film ends. I was going to say, yeah, I, knew, I know where the war ended, but a lot of people, a lot of people don't. Have you yeah, seen those no, where it's like Asking people on the street to like name certain things. It's like, when did World War Two end? It's like 1945. Did nobody learn about World War Two in school? We did. We fucking learned about it every day, nearly. I, I saw someone. There was a TikTok. They're like, when did World War Two end? She went, uh, 1980. Oh no, 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 that's too early. And I was like, what the fuck? You've got to be a special kind of dipshit. To... Part of me is like, I'd love someone to come up to me in the street and ask me questions like that because I know all the answers. Like, you've you've just got to be, unless there's a specific reason. If it's just you've not learned it, you've not learned about it, or you didn't care about it yeah. in school, you're a dipshit. There's those American ones where it's like someone's like shown. I think it was a it was a it was a Jimmy Kimmel thing. Yeah. And, uh, someone was like, uh, "Can you uh, name a country on this map of the world?" And they're like. No, and it's like, could you point to, uh, like America? And they like point like, oh, it's there. It's like, no, that's not America at all. You don't know where your own fucking country is. It's just, it's just, uh it pains me so much. It's hilarious though. It makes me so sad. So many dumb people. <sighs> Come on, um, give it, give it, give it right. I can't keep talking about. Give my people. Rating. Yeah. I don't know. Let's see if there's anything else I can. No, no. As in, uh, no. As in, I couldn't keep talking about people that didn't know okay. when World War Two ended. I'm going back to the film. I'm going back to the film. Um, I like Dum Dum Dugan just because I like the name. Um, yeah, I know you named it after your hard. You named your hard drive after him. Yeah, I did. Actually, didn't I <laughs> name my hard drive Dum Dum Dugan? <laughs> <laughs> That's something I'll always remember for the rest of my life. Whenever I, I see like the character as well, when I saw the character when we was watching it with Maddie, I was like, "Colin named his hard drive after him." She was like, "Really?" I was like, "Yeah." I love Dum Dum Dugan. I know you um, do. Um, fuck, what was I going to say? Obviously, Red Skull, he, he handles the Tesseract and then he shows up later on in he does. the MCU. Um, that, was a, that was a good moment where he showed up again. Oh, yeah, I loved seeing that. <laughs> I was like, fucking this Red Skull. <laughs> that whole experience was amazing. I'm actually I'm just thinking about it. I'd like to address that before we watched. Um, Infinity War. I said to you, I really, really want Peter Dinklage to just play like a big man. 
Yeah, you did. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and then he played the. He, he plays a fucking, fucking giant, doesn't he? And I was like, oh my god, it's so cool. He's technically a dwarf. Like, that's the name of their species, the dwarves. Yeah. But he's like massive, and I was like, oh yes, I'm so happy. <laughs> I remember the I remember the anxiety we went through to get to that because we didn't know if we were going to make it in time. Do, do, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, because we were waiting for our, we were waiting for our friend who got held up at work, wasn't she? And we oh, knew, yeah. we knew we were ready. We were just kind of sat in the flat waiting. Oh yeah. I- I, I can't remember that. I just remember watching the film. We went with quite a big group. I say big group, as well as five of us, I think. Yeah. Because where uh, Nick was with us, he was. He was. I wonder how he's doing. <laughs> he's doing alright, as far as I know. I message him sometimes. That's not yeah, for this. That's not for on air. But no, no, I just I haven't spoken to him in a while. No, no, I'm just saying. They, listeners don't know who Nick is unless they know they do. <laughs> Imagine. Um. Dominic Cooper is pretty good. Yeah, he's alright. As a nice little little young Howard Stark. Nothing, nothing too special, but he's alright. Doesn't do too much, no. Uh, he, he, I mean, he's he, he's good at playing a young Howard Stark. Like he's like, oh, this is definitely Tony Stark's dad. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, there's nothing else really much we can say about this film. It's good. It's good. I, like I just, I just fuck, I just love it. I just really enjoy it. I'm definitely going to give it a smoking microphone as well. I know you said yours a while ago. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm 100%. There's no competition. It's a smoking microphone. So, it's funny how we said this was probably not going to be as long as the uh, last one when it is as long as the last one. It is. Are we doing Are we doing Avengers? It's phase one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, we move on to, as it was titled here in this country, uh, Avengers Assemble. <laughs> it was. The Avengers, uh, directed by... Uh, screenplay by uh, story by Zach Penn and yeah it was directed by someone that just doesn't exist no I told you who it was directed by directed by oh yeah sorry yeah yeah um, um, but to be fair I think the director did a decent job he did it's a good film it is I really and enjoyed it. I enjoy this one but I do find it slow when we rewatch oh yeah yeah but it I think it works as a film in that sense it's just harder to re-watch because of that especially with how big the films have gotten since but I will say this would have been a very hard job to take on oh yeah of course because because it's it's a huge deal this film this was like oh it's the first superhero team up movie and this could have I, this this again could have ended the MCU if I it hadn't gone well I remember the hype for this film yeah same I remember when I went to see it my um <laughs> my geography teacher was there I was going to say it with my dad, I think. Um, so my geography teacher instantly became friends with me in school because we would just talk about Avengers now. <laughs> oh, buddy. I'm still friends I'm still friends with him on Facebook now. He's still into all this stuff. I love that, though. Yeah, he's great. I miss that teacher. He's a good teacher. Do you, do you need a moment? No. You good? No. No, I don't need a moment. <laughs> I'm just quieting down because I said my point um, what do you want me to say Avengers it it, <laughs> it made money it made 1.5 billion dollars from a 220 million budget and that's something else I've seen addressed a lot is that whenever these big universes start they always expect to make loads of money because Marvel did it but in the beginning they weren't making loads of money they had to build to this well that's the thing. yeah that's what you said like, like it's like DC DC Man of, Super, Man of Steel and then went into basically a mini Justice League film. It doesn't work like that. Marvel built it up 
and did it from they did five films yeah. and then and, and they set it all up and then did Avengers. And obviously we don't really want to we don't want to compare them because they are different things but it's it's hard not to when they did try to follow this model. Yeah, exactly. And then and even then just... like afterwards Marvel then didn't go and do Avengers 2 straight away. They did another bunch of films and then they went on to Avengers 2. Yeah, they they know how to they know how to build this thing. They built it the first time and then they're like, "Okay, now we're going to build it to the next one. Now we're going to build to the next thing." And even though I don't even feel like it built to Avengers Age of Ultron because I mean we'll get to Age of Ultron when we talk about it in the future yeah but it wasn't like a build to it it kind of just happened <laughs> yeah I guess so um, and then obviously the build from this film onwards was to Infinity War and Endgame and now we're just entering into a new era of Marvel where they're building again and they're doing it so like I think that's why a lot of people have been critical like some fans have been critical of the most recent Marvel stuff it's because they're building again yeah, and yeah. Everyone's but I'm fine with them building stuff. But no, I'm fine with them because they're still making good things. They're still making content and stuff like that. Not everything has to be an event. Not everything has to be the biggest thing in the world. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But at this time, the Avengers, when it came out in 2012, was the biggest thing in the world. Yeah, it was. It was pretty fucking huge, right now. Like, obviously, we got Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans. We first appearance of Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. Got Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Renner, Tom Hiddleston is obviously played as Loki's the villain of this film. Yep. Uh, we get Phil Coulson's back. We get um, the first appearance of Kobe Smulders as Maria Hill. Oh yeah, we do. Yeah, Stellan Skarsgård is back. Samuel Jackson's obviously back. We get brief scenes with Gwyneth Paltrow uh, and other characters. Plenty of other people, and um, yeah. There's nothing else, I think. I mean, obviously, we get Thanos briefly, but <laughs> not just Brolin, obviously. Doesn't look doesn't look great. And we also yeah, get <laughs> uh, one of the police officers is played by Enver. I can't say his last name, but he played Daniel Sousa in the Agent Carter series and then returned for Agents of Shield. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah I remember spoilers, reading about that. Spoilers for Agents of Shield. Him and uh, Daisy Johnson end up together. <laughs> That's cute. It is cute. I mean, she deserves, she she deserves happy happiness. Yeah. She did. Especially after losing Lincoln. Yeah. I remember when I met Luke Mitchell and I was like, it's a shame to see you leave Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> oh, that's cute. You're <laughs> such a good character. Uh, but yeah, this this film was massive when it was coming out. Yeah, I remember the hype around it. and I, I remember not having... Not seeing this amount of hype for something like this of course you had like Harry Potter which was which was every year but then apart from that there wasn't really any other films that had this much hype there was no yeah there was definitely nothing with as much hype as this um initially like but then again thinking about what kind of things we've seen since this pales like in comparison to like the hype for Endgame the hype for Infinity War oh without a doubt yeah the hype for The Force Awakens you know yeah for sure like I I, I still I still talk about I still think the hype I felt for The Force Awakens is the is like the biggest hype I've ever felt for anything. But I think, yeah, I remember being so excited for the Avengers. I think mine was Infinity War and Endgame. Hmm. Um. Oh no, yeah, like certain there was still hype there. I just feel like I don't know what it was about Star Wars because it was such a. It was like this is the first Star Wars film in so long. <laughs> yeah, I remember feeling the hype for 
yeah. for Star Wars, that's for sure. Um, but we're talking about the Avengers, not Star Wars. <laughs> I do think this film is a very strong film, but again, I do think it... I think it suffers from pacing issues on a rewatch. It does take a while for it to kind of get going, I think. Yeah, no, the film... The film sets everyone up again it introduces you to the characters again because because this film i think what this film also does very well is it doesn't expect you to have seen everything else no but it helps obviously yeah you had seen everything else this film is made for anybody to enjoy because you get introduced to iron man you're like oh he's this big rich you know arrogant kind of guy you get captain america he's like oh he's this strong out of place man <laughs> yeah uh, when Thor shows up, he's like, "Oh, he's a god," um, you know. Yeah. It's paced like a normal film, and like we enjoy seeing. We're introduced to all these characters. We know all these characters, but we're introduced to them anyway. They all have a moment, and then they're brought together to like, save the day. It is. It's kind of slow when you know that the finale is great. <laughs> yeah, because the best part of this film is the final battle. Oh yeah. Easily. No word of a lie. Um. Yeah, so it's it's always getting to that part, which is quite slow, yeah, and quite drawn out. No, and again, it has that. it has it has it has good moments. It has fun moments, and and you know I like the bit where uh, Thor's like, "Oh, careful how you speak." He's a Asgard, he's my brother, and then Bad Widow's like, "He got eighty people in two days," and he's like, "He's adopted." Yeah. Stuff like that's yeah. funny, and I like I like those moments. But I am whenever I rewatch it, I am just waiting for the final battle. Oh yeah, so yeah, obviously in the beginning of the film, we're introduced to. We're set up again that they're doing stuff with the Tesseract and then Loki pops up, kills people. Right? Does he kill people? Yeah, he, as soon as he shows up, he, he gets his spear and oh, yeah, yeah, immediately starts knocking bitches out. He's got the, um, the the weird staff that we find out has an infinity stone in it. Yeah. <laughs> his mind control... The scepter, that's what they call it. Oh, fucking hell, yeah, it's not a spear, I was trying to think. I was trying to think of the word. It's a scepter. Yeah. Um, obviously, Hawkeye gets possessed... And he's like, come with me. And then, yeah, they do shit. I think, you know... Uh, what's, what's actually, what are they trying to do again? What are they trying to do? Well, like, just, they're trying to they're, make, they're trying to make just, the space bridge, aren't they? They're trying to make the... Well, they're just trying to test with the Tesseract, aren't they? They're just trying to see no, what it can about, do. Well, they're trying to use the Tesseract to either, like, to, to, to find, like, a power source. to You know, to power weapons and shit. Yeah. And then Loki turns up and he's like, no, I want... You, to use no, it to, I need this for to, an army to, in, to invade Earth. Yeah, and then yeah, which is kind of weird when you think about it, like so. What's because when you think about it retrospectively, when you're like, so Loki had two Infinity Stones, and he wasn't just going to take them back to Thanos. Like he wasn't. That wasn't his order. Do you remember when people used to say he was mind controlled for it? Yeah, that was a big theory for a long time, wasn't it? And they thought that was going to be addressed in the Loki series, like because it's set right after. But obviously he wasn't. He was acting on his own because he wanted he wanted Earth really, didn't he? He was like, oh, I'm gonna just take Earth. Why not? I yeah. want to rule some people for attention. Yeah, and I think you know, again, like, all the cast in this film is great, and I and I think Tom Hiddleston stands out. But again, I think this film is one of those films where it has great moments. Yeah. Um. I think the story is strong, and I think it it's for a first Avengers film. It is very good, but I think yeah. when you compare them to what comes after, I think it is possibly the weakest Avengers film. Not in a bad way at all. 
But yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a toss-up between this and obviously Age of Ultron. What's the weaker Avengers film? I know there's a lot of people because Avengers: Age of Ultron does follow a lot of the same story beats. Yeah, but there's a. It feels like there's more happening in that, obviously. Um, but yeah, with this one, I mean, I'm trying to think now. Like, obviously, we get the them trying to bring down the helicarrier. You know, Loki's plan to keep get everyone separated. Yep, and Even I think he, he doesn't does... really know about the Avengers at that point. I don't know. What's no, but it is, it is a good plan. It is a smart. It is a smart move to target the Hulk and use yeah. him. And I like yeah. that scene with him and Black Widow as well, where he thinks that he's scaring her, and she's just like, "Oh, so you want the Hulk? Okay, thanks." Yeah, where well, she's doing what she. That's what best. she does. Yeah. What's it? She's what she's. She says thank you for your cooperation, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she says that in Black Widow as well, doesn't she? To, I was about um, to say. Drakov. Yeah. 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 yeah it's like, that's a Black Widow back. thing. She intent. She she makes them speak. Like she gets people to just talk. And it's yeah. annoying that we've only seen that twice. <laughs> yeah, I would like to have seen it a lot more. Like, and it's a good reason. It's a good excuse for like uh, you know when villains like doing their speeches. It's like oh, this villain's just randomly spouting off his 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 uh, plan but I like it with Black Widow because it's like she gets them to do it yeah she like intimidates them into doing it yeah she is a great character she was a great character <laughs> um, and obviously she does it in that scene where we, she, we, she were introduced to her again when she's captured oh shit yeah of course like, she that does that guy's just telling her everything yeah <laughs> I like that scene as well I think the thing is what I like about this film as well is like you said I like all of their reintroductions but it doesn't do it in a way of making you like if you haven't seen it before it's useful but if you have seen it before it isn't boring or making you feel like you're stupid it does it in a way of going oh that's that's fun like um, like with Tony Stark just setting up the uh, Stark Tower and it's all about oh look it's, well, it's like Christmas but more me it's like a little fun moment, but then for a new viewer, you you exactly know what Tony Stark's like after that moment. Yeah, um, yeah. Like that's actually a good, that's a good thing. That's a good example. It's like this, like oh, this is this is Iron Man. But like you're like who 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 is Iron Man? Like he's this man with a suit. Oh no, he's egotistical. He has a building that has a massive building that has his name emblazoned on it. Yeah, exactly. It's like okay, I know exactly who this character is because of this moment. We're introduced to Steve Rogers, and he's there having war flashbacks while punching a punching bag yeah and he gets so worked up that he breaks the punching bag and it's like oh i get it he's he's a war he's a war man with 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 uh with big 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 muscles he's a big he's a big big war bloke big man big war. we know we know who hulk is because of like cultural osmosis basically <laughs> like he's he's a man that turns into a big angry man yeah that's the kind of, that's the one out of all of them hulk is the most like you just go oh, okay yeah he's He's the Hulk. Everyone I do like it. He's like he's 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 got himself like far away from like you know the the world where he's hunted to be like I want to do some good. Yeah. Like it set it sets his character up. He's a good guy, you know, that has a horrible part to him. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, Thor's introduced with the thunder and lightning, so you kind of again that's one you don't really I, need too much introduction for. Yeah. I do love that when. Uh, Cap says to uh, Loki, "It's just like what afraid of a little lightning." And uh, Loki's like, "I'm not overly fond of what follows." Yeah, I really like that bit as well. 
I also love that people are uh, mentioned that you know when they go to the rocks cart in uh, Loki. Yeah. When it's like thunder and lightning, he's like looks up a couple of times, and people are like, it's like him expecting Thor to come out of the sky. Yeah, I like, I that. like that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. What else can we say about this? It's Obviously, just. It's just again. I, sorry, I think a lot of Phase One is just they're just fun films. Yeah, no, they're they're good. They are like they're not. None of them are bad films. Like. Nah. And it, but it's setting up a universe. Obviously, it's you know bringing this together because like the Avengers are only really needed for this big threat. So it's like a lot of people expect it to be just Avengers stuff all the time. Like, but nah. They come no. together for this one big thing, and well, I like they... that the thing they come together for is Coulson. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he's Coulson's killed, they, and they're like, yeah, they needed the push. The final act is the strongest act in this, though. I do think it has pacing issues in the first two acts, but the final, I think, the it's final act. Fury is takes stellar. those cards and rubs rubs them all over Coulson's body. Yeah, it's a bit fucked, isn't it? <laughs> it's just like I need them to be bloodied. <laughs> they need. <laughs> he's looking at everyone else going. They need the push, okay? Um, yeah. It works though. Like the film, it has a lot of. You know, you can see that it, it's yeah. The weapons part of it is there. Like you know, they're making weapons, but Nick Fury believes in this the, the team. He yeah. Believes in the idea of the Avengers. Which he got the name from uh, Carol Danvers. You can't take that away. <laughs> got it from Captain Marvel. You, you you Brie Larson haters. She was Carol Avenger Danvers. <laughs> yeah, we're we're Brie Larson. We're we're Brie Larson fans in here. Okay, fuck you. You are Brie Larson fans. She's a fantastic actress. Yeah, she is. I really like her. <laughs> um, um, did you want to rate this one then? Is there anything else you want to talk about? Not off the top of my like, head. Uh, there's some good final moments. I like that. Love that scene with Loki and um, Tony Stark. Yep, I also like it when the Hulk just throws Loki around as well. Yep. That always makes me chuckle. Or when Hulk punches Thor in Grand Central Station. I always find that so random. Yeah, I just, <laughs> it makes me chuckle though. I like um when... um when, like, Obviously when Loki throws Tony Stark out the window and it's just like the suit blasts out to come and help him. Yeah, and obviously the, the team-up shot, the very first oh, yeah. one, that's always a good moment. That's a great moment. I mean, I've seen it so many times now where it's just like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. We get it. But no, yeah, it's a, it's a big, big moment. And then when you compare that to an endgame, do you know what I mean? It just shows how far it comes. Yep. And then we get even more confusion with what they're doing with the character of Hulk at the time where he's like, I'm always angry. Turns into the Hulk like without question. It's like, oh, but, okay, you can't control it? I don't know. Yeah, that, that's, ne- that's never made sense to me. Yeah, I know. And I don't think it ever will, but I've just accepted that that won't make sense. Yeah. Well, that's fine. It's yeah. There's a lot of things in that film where it's just like, it's like when he's like, you know, he's like getting angry and he grabs the scepter. Oh shit! Yeah, he does. I think I think it's because that being in the room is also influencing them a little bit as well. Yeah. Because it's the mind stone. The mind stony. Um. Final battle is great though, isn't it? I love it. I love the final battle. I just love all the. I love how I love how fluid it is as well. Hawkeye runs out of arrows. He does. Well, it's also it's that thing where people, you know, they talk about. It's another comparison to like Man of Steel. People are like, um, oh, like you know, Superman managed to stop an alien invasion all on his own, but it took like the Avengers. It took six of them to do it. 
And it's like, yeah, but what the Avengers did is they managed to keep the attack to five blocks minimum. Yeah, they cordon it off. Yeah, they they like they specifically do it in a really intelligent way. They're like, oh, there's six of us. We can keep the battle in one area where we can limit the loss of life. Yeah, exactly. Superman just fucking flies through buildings and and, and the damage, and it's like we if it's it's all here, and it's like you know, it's, and they they do it very well. Like they're very smart about it. So many people die at the end of Man of Steel. Yeah. <laughs> just so many people. And when Zack Snyder's just like, oh, it's only about five thousand. It's like. It may. It's uh, the whole city is in ruins. <laughs> yeah, it's more than fucking five thousand. Like, it how looks, is that city? It looks like rebuilt. a post-apocalyptic fucking city. That's why it took so long for Batman vs Superman to come out because they had to rebuild the city. Yeah, exactly. Jesus, it's fucking insane that film with how much damage happens in it. Yeah, it's kind of mad when you think about it, isn't it? Yeah. Um. And then we get we get we get lovely scenes with them at the end, you know, all like, oh well, goodbye, we'll see you soon, friends. We'll see you soon. It's funny how at some point Tony Stark has a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Thor has to wake him up. Does that? Did that still? Does that all still happen? Does that? <laughs> yeah. Well, technically that, but then Loki escapes in that version. Oh yeah. So does that? That that does that still happen? It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> Let's try not to think about it too much. We'll focus yeah. on that when we come up to Endgame. Can't believe Robert Redford was in this film. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? At some point, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, we also get the first appearances of... Uh, we don't see it, but we obviously... The World Security Council. Powers Booth is one of them, and then he showed up in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. As a villain. <coughs> uh, it's cool. Yeah. Good film. I really Avengers. enjoy it. Yeah. It's a smoking microphone, definitely. Oh yeah, hundred yeah, I'll give it a smoking microphone. hundred percent. Good moments, good action. Uh I find that that I always really enjoy. And uh kind of gets gets you that hype level so that when you go into the next phase you, you know you're gonna expect good things. Oh yeah. And Thanos. Yeah, and <laughs> Thanos. But um yeah, that was our phase one recap and review. We will do the other phases. We'll do phase two and then phase three I think we'll split into two. Possibly. Oh yeah, phase three will be a, be a considering this has gone to an hour and a half. Yeah, uh, we're not going to do. We're not going to phase two. Won't be any time just yet. Not it, soon. No, we'll, it, we'll work up to it. Yeah, it might be around like Shang Chi Eternals or. Well, Shang Chi's in like a month, so. <laughs> okay, it might be. Yeah, we'll, we'll, it, it maybe will, towards Spider Man. Yeah, probably more Eternals Spider Man, but it will be this or, year. Or when we run out of topics. Yeah, exactly. Um, but thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this. To this. Um, this yep. recap episode uh, next yep. week is going to be Suicide Squad full review uh, I would say non-spoilers and spoilers but we usually just spoil it but still turn up it'll be nice to see you um, but let us know what you think do you know what I mean like if you what are your opinions on phase one of of Marvel Cinematic Universe do you do you love Avengers but do you hate Iron Man 1 or do you you know love 4 and hate the Avengers like let us know it'll be really interesting to yeah to hear from you Connor has social media that you he's going to tell you about right now I'm at ConnorJordan underscore 96 on Twitter follow me talk to me let's have a party and I'm Harry Young Edits on Twitter or at the reviewlab.org uh, for my blog we also have a podcast social media we're at Two Smoking Mics on Twitter Two Smoking Microphones on Instagram Rock Spock and Two Smoking Microphones on Facebook or Two Smoking Microphones pod at gmail.com uh, 
Um, Yay. So email in, get in contact. Like we said last week, you know, we really enjoy having questions to answer. Um, so please, please, please get in contact. Make us feel loved. <laughs> Give us yes. appreciation. Yeah, exactly. Do it. Exactly. That's right. You heard us. Goodbye.